Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli. I am so hyped for today's episode because I have somebody on who has been so instrumental to my own development as an esthetician, and she's really helped me find my passion as well. I have never seen anybody talk about skin and educate the way that she does. She has a very just special way of finding the root triggers for her clients' concerns and creating treatment plans that are incredibly transformative. So I have watched her on YouTube for probably five or six years, and I would binge her YouTube channel just the way you would binge Netflix, but I just love the way she educates, the way she really walks you through every step she's making in the treatment room, and the way she kind of shows you why she makes the decisions that she does with her clients. So if you're not following her on social media, it is an absolute must. And she has been named one of the top facialists in the country by Self Magazine. She's the only SD amid 49 dermatologists to be listed as a skin expert by Elle Magazine, to which I say way to represent. We're so lucky to have her. Welcome to the treatment room, Narita Joy. Hello, Tess, and hello, everybody. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're you're in Los Angeles, Narada. Could you tell us just a little bit about you and your expertise as an esthetician? Sure. Well, originally I am from Sydney, Australia. Um, I graduated beauty school back in 1978 and I came to America 30 years ago. Um, I um, I've been somebody that has is always interested in learning and just learning new things. So for me, the study of anything that can help me to understand what I'm looking at when I'm looking at somebody's face, you know, so the study of kinesiology and Reiki and bush essences and nutrition and iridology, um, you know, have have all been just so instrumental in my work in helping me understand somebody's skin when I'm looking at it. Um, So this was something that I did in my 20s. I studied really quite extensively for 12 years after I finished beauty school and I just found that that was something that made sense to me and was something that was really valuable in just becoming a five-star esthetician. Because I think that attention to detail is so important in our work. And whether it be, you know, from the the moment a client walks in the door to a beautiful space or whether you're, you know, you're doing hands-on and you're doing a treatment, just the attention to detail in really customising and personalising it for that individual is just crucial. Yes, they can feel it. They and they notice everything. It's yeah, it's just everything you say to your client. It's small things you want to notice about the skin and I do think people make judgments based on whether they want to come back based on your space and just the whole client experience. And just given that the education narrative is 
so short here in the States. How do you feel about that? Like given how much you've really dedicated yourself to to learning about not only skin, but all these other areas that you've just mentioned, um, even like eye health and, and nutrition, how do you feel about kind of the short-term education? You know, I, I think that in, in anything that you have to really first you have to decide what it is that inspires you within the work that we do so you know I really when I'm doing my trainings and I'm I'm touring with my understanding skin tour I always say to my SD audience that it's so important to do what makes sense to you so in other words if you are somebody that really believes in massaging the skin and and that is a way of you know, helping people's skin be better, then study as many different types of massage as you can. I think there are there are so many different things out there that we can bring in, different elements of training that we can bring into our work that I, I think that you have to go searching. You know, you have to go searching for the things that really make sense to you. And, I you know, I think in a beauty school you have to know that getting a license is really very basic, a lot about um, sanitation and, you know, it, it's very little about the actual hands-on work and, and actually being able to identify a, a, a lot with skin, really. It's just just the very basics. Yeah. And if you're really into understanding skin from a you know, how the body works in relationship and, and how that shows up on the face, then you have to go and study more about that. I think, you know, even understanding nutrition and studying nutrition, there are so many different beliefs in that. And I think, you know, the East and Western, you know, there is just so many interesting things out there and amazing people teaching just amazing techniques from their own years of experience. So I do think that it is a very general study um, and, and education when it comes to beauty school here in the US. But I do think that that doesn't mean that you have to, it have to, has to end there. I think you have to, you know, if you are interested in aromatherapy, then study aromatherapy, you know, like go searching for, for more. Um, I do think that's that's something that's really important. But but I'm going to say it again, as I said it at the beginning, you have to do what makes sense to you. So if something feels right to you, then it really is right for you and your business and your clientele and, and the way that you do your practice. I, I want people to understand that, you know, a lot of people say, I want to be like just like Nerida. But it, it's it's Nerida does what ner, what makes sense to Nerida, and that is a lot of massage, a lot of extractions, very little equipment, you know, working with specific products that are actives, and and because that's what makes sense to me. So I I really want people to understand there's no right or wrong with any of this. It, it's finding what makes sense to you, and then and perfecting that. You know, that's that's what is great all round. 
Oh, I love, I love that answer so much. And I couldn't agree more. I wanted to go back to school to get my nutrition certificate because I felt for me, I just needed to expand my scope and, and have some more knowledge, you know, of nutrition and having conversations with my clients because I realized I couldn't get them to a hundred percent just with topicals. For me, it was really crucial to have more of a lifestyle component. And I'm still not done searching for answers. You know, I think it's something that we'll always do in this in this job. Um, yes. You you spoke a little bit about, you know, an esthetician finding their mission. What would you say is your mission when treating skin? Uh, oh, that's such a good question. I I am somebody that I live in Los Angeles. I have a pretty demanding clientele. So I think my mission is to get the fastest results with always in mind that I do think long-term with the skin. So I am always going to be very conscious of how can I support this client's skin long-term. I definitely think long-term because I'm not about, you know, going too strong too quickly. You, you have to think about skin barriers and the importance of not breaking it down too much because then everything becomes a problem. And you can age the skin faster if you make the skin that vulnerable. So I do think that I, I have to get results. That is a big mission for me, for, for my clients, but at the healthiest way, uh, long-term for them too. You know, it's, it's a pretty tight get results narrative. You know, how can I get the fastest results for them and, and still leave their skin as, as perfect as I can long-term. Right, right. Isn't that the tricky balance we all have as estheticians because there's this pressure from the client, especially if it's affecting their mental health or their job or their social life, and you want to do that, but at the same time, you have to have the kind of the foresight to know, okay, how – how can we do this in a way that's healthy and strengthening the skin? And I would be curious to ask you, you know, when somebody comes to your suite and, you know, maybe they've never seen a professional before, what is kind of your approach with the skin when you haven't worked on it before? Say maybe somebody comes to you wanting to treat acne, um, but what what are you recommending and um, – kind of yeah seeing in their skin you know I when whenever I see somebody for the first time it, it there's a conversation a big conversation that happens especially when there's a lot of issues like acne because acne is not something that gets lumped into one bucket usually when somebody has acne you know they have maybe hormonal but they've also got food related or they've got, you know, other sensitivities like eczema or perioral dermatitis or rosacea. Um, I think that it, it's a discussion. I, I think, again, you know, when I mentioned earlier is that really skin analysis is a really important part of what we do and doing it thoroughly is very important. So I, I do think that you have to really pull it apart, the skin, 
and take each subcondition. So in other words, somebody comes in, they lie down on my table, they might be talking about their blackheads, for instance, but I'm looking at their skin in, at, at everything else that I'm seeing, acknowledging their blackheads being their con big concern, but I'm going to talk about everything I see and, and therefore that is going to then stem over usually into their diet and what they're eating um, and just their lifestyle like and, and their, their regimen, their home care regimen, what that looks like. Um, I, I think it's what, what's really important for me, that first initial uh, treatment, is that I need my client to understand what's going on with their skin. So I spend a lot of time explaining to them what I see, uh, why I think they have what I see, and what it is that they need to do to make that better. And then also, and what I can do in treatment um, to help them with their with what I'm seeing. But it, it's it's an overall. I'm not just going to talk about one particular thing, acne. If, for instance, I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about, I'm going to pull it apart, and I'm going to talk about every portion of acne and why I think they have that acne, um, and 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 just really what they need to do to make it better. You know, you have to make it personal. You can't just give a general Absolutely. and just say, well, acne is oil, you know, the overactive sebaceous glands. You've really got to break it up and, and tell them the why for them, why this is happening mm -hmm. to them, what they need to do. Um, I, I think that, you know, I I want to be exceptional in my work and, and I want to be five-star. And to be five-star, you you have to make it personal for them. You've got to really customise, you know, everything that you're talking about for them. And and I think mm -hmm. that it's a mistake that a lot of people make coming out of beauty school is you're taught certain steps. But, you know, sometimes those certain steps, it doesn't work for everybody. So you really need to be flexible. You need to have the confidence to know that what you're looking at, you can make a difference by maybe changing up your routine a little bit or your treatment. And I think it's really important that people understand that that's what's great is that you can you can change things around and make it really fabulous and personal for that client. Yes, and something we're also taught, which I don't really agree with this, but I think we're often told as estheticians, you know, you only want to focus on what the client says and not bring up other things that you're seeing. But I think that can be such a misstep because we, of course, we are the professional and um, it is important to acknowledge, you know, what the client is seeing, but you have a, a different understanding as, you know, a seasoned professional and you may have some insights as to, yes, there's blackheads and acne, but there's also rosacea and a compromised barrier here, which we need to focus on first. So important. I mean, I... I've never been told, I've, no one's ever said that to me before, <laughs> just to focus on what a client, you know, brings up about their skin. But that is, you know, I, I'm sorry, but that is is definitely, um, 
I mean, that makes no sense to me. You, you know, you like you said, we are the professional. It is, you know, we're, we're doing our clients harm by not telling them what we see. I mean, clients don't know what, you know, what they're no. looking at. And I mean, it, it's something that's very important to, to bring everything up that you see. The way that mm-hmm. you deliver that information, you know, one needs to sometimes be a little bit more mindful of body language and, and sensitivities and, and people's emotions. But I, but I think that as a professional, it is my, my duty to absolutely tell my clients, you know, what I see, what, I, what we need to do to change it. You know, people pay money to come and have a facial and, you know, rarely do you get somebody that doesn't want you to say anything, you know, that just wants to be there for mm-hmm. the experience hear any, right. you know, any teachings whatsoever. Um, but everybody wants to stay young. You know, they want their skin to look pretty. They want to. They want their skin to be protected. And they're so grateful for the information to help. You know, achieve the the optimum results for their own skin. I hear you say, and I love it. I hear you say this phrase. You know, pretty skin a lot. What does that mean to you in terms of like what are you seeing in really healthy skin? Yeah, I, I use that word, I, I use pretty skin a lot. And I also like it to be <laughs> a beautiful affirmation. You know, when when my clients leave, I, I always say, your skin looks so pretty. And, you know, a lot of what we do is we're here to uplift and to to help people feel good about themselves. And and I think when I, what a pretty skin to me means that a skin is healthy in that it has that it's dewy that it um, that it's 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 it recovers quickly that you know a skin that's that's just healthy in texture in um, um, you know I would say tone and and just the you know not surface dry but just just pretty skin to me is just a healthy dewy skin yeah you know? reflects light resilient hydrated. Exactly. And surface dryness is, I'd say, like another term I've I've learned from you. Do you want to touch on this a bit and and share kind of what it means? I think it's a really valuable um, term because it's something that is one of the biggest things and one of the biggest issues I see when I'm working with skin. So I think a lot of people get confused with surface dryness and when the actual layers of the skin is dry. So when you have your many layers that are dry and dehydrated, that comes from, you know, internal dehydration. So um, external dehydration or what we call surface dehydration, that doesn't, you know, that's got nothing to do with organs not being hydrated. That's to do with external, the environment, wrong cleansers, you know, um, just a compromised skin barrier, which we as estheticians can absolutely heal. I always find it really interesting. You can be um, an oily skin person and meaning that you have blackheads, you know, overactive sebaceous glands all over the face, including inside the ear. And oily skin is blackheads everywhere, right? Not just T-zone. That's a combination skin. But, um, but, but a lot of oily skins, because they've been so abusive, we're trying to dry up oil. 
so I think it's important that people understand you cannot dry up oil topically. You know, it's it, it comes from the inside. You know, if you're taking an Accutane internally, you are going to dry up oil a little bit, but that is going to affect other organs like the liver, for instance. But topically, you cannot dry up oil. And so what happens a lot of the time when people are using strong preparations, things like benzoyl peroxide, they try alcohol, they're trying to dry up the oil on the surface of the skin, it dries that very outer layer. And that then becomes a problem because then oil always needs to be able to get out because the blackhead that is made up of bacteria, dead cells and sebum, if you if you put a dry surface on top of that pore that has that blackhead inside it, that blackhead, bacteria, dead cells and sebum is going to build up, build up, build up, and it's going to start stretching your pore, which is now going to make the pore larger in size, but it's not going to be able to get out because it's got that dryness on top. So I think one of the, the most important things is even with an oily skin, you've got to keep the skin soft and supple. You, you cannot dry the outer layer and, try and, and create a dryness on top because it's only going to get things worse underneath, meaning worse, bigger blackheads, more congestion. You know, oil needs to be able to come out and you cannot have surface dryness on top of the skin. And, and I always say this, one of the biggest things I see in my business is surface dryness. And it's not just an oily skin that's surface dry because there's a difference between a skin type and a subcondition. Subconditions we can fix. Skin type is what you're born with. So, um, and there are four. Oily, oily combination, combination dry and dry. Those are your skin types. But there are many subconditions. Surface dryness, dehydrate, um, you know, uh, sorry, surface dryness, uh, large pores, blackheads, melasma, you know, hyperpigmentation, freckles, um, rosacea, all of these things are subconditions, things that can change, that we can change. But I think um, it's important to sort of understand the difference. And I know this is a big, people get really confused about this. So surface dryness is, is a huge problem and it absolutely, you've got to treat your subconditions before you can really get to, to work with acne. It's very, very important. That's such a good point. And, you know, it's like you can always add more, but it's so much more difficult to go back once you've created more issues with barrier and, and sensitivity. I get asked so much is what's really important is that, you know, when you're dealing with acne, and it's such a big topic for us Estes, acne, because, you know, you can get it at any age. There are so many different kinds of acne. Um, but what's really, really important, that the one thing I would say that estheticians must understand this, is that when treating acne, if somebody has active acne, they've got hormonal, you know, painful nodules, which are hormonal um, and they've got other forms of acne um, with that hormonal acne, it's important that you get the acne under control before you start trying to treat the scarring. And this is something you cannot treat scarring until you get the acne under control because 
the acne is going to keep coming up and you're always going to have scarring, you know, and, and scarring happens as a result of either there's still being infection inside the skin, um, you know, squeezing the skin, just um, a skin that's not healthy in in that it, it doesn't, that's why a, a, a pretty skin has to be a healthy skin because then scarring, everything's going to heal fast. So it's really important that estheticians understand this and it's something that I get asked so much, why isn't their skin getting better? I'll look at the photos, of, but they're still, their skin is still too active with acne. You've got to get it under control. That doesn't mean no more pimples. That just means it's got to be on the, the downside, you know, and, and it's very important that people understand that. Treat the acne first. Get to the cause, you know, don't Band-Aid it. Get to the cause of where that acne is coming from. Then the scarring, you leave that to last. You can't go ahead and peel, do a strong peel on a skin that's got a lot of acne going on. That is not going to do anything other than, you know, it's just going to prolong everything. So don't do that. You've got to get the acne under control. Where's it coming from? You know, you, you've got to figure these things out. What is this hormonal acne? If it's hormonal, send them to an endocrinologist. You know, they're, 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 um, it's the male hormone that stimulates the oil activity. Maybe they're going to be high, too high in that region. You know, get to the cause of the acne first before you start dealing with scarring and other issues because you will not have success unless you do that. Could not agree more. And that's another reason I think it's so important the professional leads versus the client, because oftentimes the client will say, you know, the scarring bothers me more than the acne, but that's where I think the esthetician really has to get control of the acne first. And I did want to ask Narada, what types of ingredients do you prefer, you know, to use on your acne clients? Of course, this can vary so much, but I guess I'm just curious, are you a fan of kind of the classic treatments like benzoyl peroxide, retinoid, salicylic, or do you have a different approach with topicals and acne? You know, I think that, um, I think that, yeah, I, I guess I, I probably do work a little bit different with this in that, there, again, there's, there's something that, again, that's very important that people understand this too. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad I get to say the very important things here on your podcast because a lot of people with oily skin, again, as I said, they want to dry up the, the oil. But it's very important to understand the difference between a moisturiser that's hydrating and a moisturizer that's nourishing. You know, oily skin has to be hydrated to heal. So in other words, you know, when you think about a moisturizer that's designed for an oily skin, it is going to be non-comedogenic, but that doesn't mean it's not going to have any oils in it completely, you know. It's important that people understand an oily skin needs a moisturizer for an oily skin because that moisturizer is going to help that oily skin to heal. It's going to calm it. It's going, and it needs healing. An oily skin must still use a moisturizer, but it is one for an oily skin. A nourishing cream is something that's going to be more occlusive. It's going to have things like the shea butters, the allantoin, the things that are going to be 
more nourishing. An oily skin does not need nourishing. It has the oil to nourish it. But oily skins must use a moisturizer. That is, for an oily skin, um, because it's going to help the skin to heal. So now to answer your question about ingredients, there are certain ingredients that are very important to me, and that is going to be I love aloe vera. I love um, things that I love my retinoids. I love a multiple array of my vitamin A molecules. I love alpha hydroxy acids, a multiple array of those as well. Um, not just one molecule like a glycolic. I like to work with three, you know, at one time. Always it's going to have lactic acid in it. I love lactic acid as one of my most favorite molecules of the alpha hydroxy acid groupings. Um, but I, I do like benzoyl peroxide. I like salicylic, you know, which is a BHA, AHA um, as well. Um, I think it's important for oily skin. But I, I think that, you know, again, what people must understand is that when it comes to ingredients, you can't just itemize certain ingredients. You've got to look at a formula as a whole because your pH matters, your percentages matter, and the synergy of a, a formula is very important. So in other words, you can have a product that's $500 that does not do the same on a skin as a product that costs you $20. If, those, if the formula itself is not designed to help do what it says it's going to do and, and that, you know, everything is in balance. And I, I think people get too caught up on ingredients. I think that, um, you know, it doesn't, like people think, oh, it's organic, it's all na natural, then it's, it's not going to affect the skin. But people are allergic to anything and everything. And, and it's, it's really about a formula as a whole. So I think that, um, I, you know, again, your pH matters a lot. And, um, but, but formulas as a whole is, is really important. And, and to make sure, I always say to people when I'm doing my trainings, you know, if, if you connect with a company and their philosophy makes sense to you, Work with that company. You know, work with a company that's philosophy makes sense to you. I think this is really important. Again, it's, it's one of those things like do what makes sense to you in your treatment room on your client. It's the same with your, your back bar. The products that you choose, they have to make sense to you. You know, I, it's, again, being five-star, everything you do, it has to make sense to you because you know what's going to happen if it does? You're going to be more confident and you're going to be a better esthetician as a result of that. You might need to try a few. I've, I've worked with so many brands and some protocols just click with you more than others. But I agree you'll be successful if you feel confident and you understand kind of why you're using what you're using. Yes, Absolutely. So I want to make sure I have time to ask you, Narada, about nutrition and acne. I think this is an area where you really shine. And I've heard you say a lot of things over the years that I've just always wanted to ask you more about um, in terms of, you know, certain foods being triggering for acne. 
maybe let's start with, you know, some of the things that you see as being the most problematic for people in terms of food. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I guess, okay, so what, what I will say is when it comes to teenagers, um, I'm going to say it's a little bit different than some adults. So, so what, so I, I'll try to describe this because we're not looking at acne. I'm going to establish first the most important kinds of acne that I see. Number one, if you have KP on the backs of your arms, keratosis pilaris, be careful of sugar, okay? Number two, if you have hormonal painful pimples, Anywhere on your face, your back, your chest, um, hormonal are painful pimples. When you touch a pimple and it hurts to the touch, it's hormonal. What can you do to help hormonal pimple? Usually what comes with hormonal pimple is there is going to be a little bit more facial hair because the overactive sebaceous glands, there are, you know, very often you are going to have a little bit more facial hair with that as well. You, there's more testosterone, and that's why there's facial hair. Um, if this is something I'm going to say, if you are somebody that likes to work out, make sure your workouts are more cardio rather than building muscle because when you start stimulating that male hormone testosterone, building bulk, bulking up, it, it can activate and make hormonal acne worse. When it comes to the foods, don't eat too much red meat. And for some reason, there is a relationship with kale, which I know it sounds really weird, but if you have hormonal painful pimples, stay away from red meat, stay away from kale, okay? that's I'm just generalizing here, but for people to understand. Now, if you have the most common acne, which is food-related acne, it's going to start mid-cheek region right here, which is where... Candida albicans starts. It's that small intestine in face mapping. It's when you get a lot of little bumps under the skin, it's going to start in this mid-cheek. Then after you've had it for some time, it's going to spread down now to the jawline, which is now the large intestine, and then it's going to affect the way you go to the bathroom. Now, if you have these little congested bumps, which are not necessarily pimples that have come up to a pustule, but you've just got bumps that do not go away, these are the tricky ones because this is food. The food you need to stay away from is dairy. The more yellow a cheese, the worse it is. Milk, all milks, except maybe coconut milk um, um, is probably the best. Coconut milk is probably the, the better one. But, but all dairy is a problem. And, you know, chocolate is dairy. Okay, guys, I know people ask this. But um, the other things that are a problem, egg yolks. You can have egg whites. Stay away from egg yolks. Um, peanut butter and almond butter. Do you know how many almonds it takes to make almond butter? It takes an enormous amount. Peanuts is one of the worst things for an acnetic skin. Okay, now people say, but it has all this protein in it. Big deal. Who cares? If you have acne, Stay away from all, like peanuts in particular, but nuts, oily nuts, you must stay away from that. Oily fish, salmon. If you have acne, do not eat oily fish. Do not have omega vitamins. If you have acne, 
and people say, but Nerida, omega-3, 6 is so important. Yes, they're important. Of course they're important, but not if you have acne. Please, I need people to understand this. Oily food is a problem. Fried food, big problem. Now, if you are, if you have a different, slightly different kind of acne where there's ruddiness, this irritation, stay away from citrus. All citrus, don't have it. And, um, and sometimes if there is a lot of inflammation, heat, when you touch somebody's face and they, they don't just have pimples and pustules and whatever, but if they have heat and inflammation, which is what happens with rosacea, you must stay away from your inflammation foods. Tomatoes, bell peppers, nightshades, potatoes and eggplants, um, spicy food, alcohol, particularly red wine. Inflammation foods are a problem if you have rosacea and you have heat. That means your body, inflammation is the problem for a lot of disease. And as we evolve in our environment, bodies, people have more inflammation than ever. It's very important you be aware of these things. When you're talking to clients about foods, are they generally willing to make these modifications? Do you need to start slowly and just start with a couple? Um, you know, I, I think I know a lot of people ask me this, but it's I'm glad you're asking this question. Tess, it's the difference of somebody coming in. By the time somebody comes to see me, They've usually already gone to a doctor. They've already been on antibiotics. They've um, they've already done everything and it hasn't worked and they still have acne. And I think that by the time they come to see me, I am just very direct with people. It's like, yes, if you wanted to just go off two foods, is it going to make a difference? Maybe very slightly. But the thing is, if you want to really make a difference, I don't want their acne to be going on for six months. I don't even want it to be going on for three months. I want to see a huge improvement within a month. That's what I want to see. And to win somebody's confidence, you have to really be able to spell it out for them. And, and so your communication with your client is really important. And this is what I'm going to say to my client. If you want your acne to be gone and you want your skin to be completely different, at least 80% better in three months, you have to do what I'm going to tell you today. If you want it to drag out over a year, I mean, who wants that seriously? You know, it, it's, it's already hard enough for people. You have to be tough with your clients. At least give them, lay it all out for them. You know, it, it's like, because you know what, if you're not being tough with them, they are going to go somewhere else because ultimately they want their skin better. And if you can help save them money on only seeing you giving them two or three facials as opposed to seeing them for a year and giving them 12 facials, then doesn't that make sense to say, listen, there are so many foods out there to choose from. Take all of these ones off your list. How can I help you replace it with something else? Let's talk about this, you know. So I, I think that you have to be tough. You just do, or otherwise they're going to go to somebody else. They're not going to be a loyal customer to you. I find 
a lot of clients are really willing. And then, you know, maybe there's the 10% who kind of just enjoy their lifestyle as it is and they're they're not ready and they really want to just rely on the topicals. Sometimes with that client, I can lay it all out there. I can be really stern, but sometimes they almost need to to waste their own time unfortunately and have the experience of realizing, okay, this is how far I'm getting just relying on, you know, treatments. And hopefully, you know, there's a point kind of of reckoning and realizing, okay, something's got to give here. You know, the one thing that I wish more people wearing a white lab coat or in a in a professional position would would help our clients with, help the community with, is with um, with helping people to understand where something comes from. And not just band-aiding it up by being given a, you know, a, a medication, a prescription medication that then creates other issues for gut health. I think what's very important is to do not band-aid these things up, particularly things like acne. Now, by the way, medications and prescription, you know, pills are very important for specific things. So I'm not saying don't ever take them, but I am saying that. When, when, that, when diet is not even addressed or lifestyle or home care regimens, then it is a huge problem for me. And so I, I think that it's very important to really, really look into, you know, especially when we're dealing with acne because it's not usually just one acne in a type that somebody has. You know, fungal acne can be mixed with, you know, there's just so many different kinds of acne and you need to get to the bottom of what you know where it's coming from. And I, I just wish that people understood that. Don't try band-aiding it up because number one, it can come back. Number two, by band-aiding it and taking all these medications, you are going to have other issues as a result of that, you know, at least internally gut health that you may not notice immediately, but but we really want to try to get to the bottom of the, the cause, where it's coming from. I'm so glad you, you said that. I always just find it so crazy when a, a dermatologist has never had any kind of conversation touching on food or, or you know, lifestyle habits and somebody's getting an intense prescription like that, which to be fair, definitely is not all derms. I think they're amazing derms, but um, yes. I just think in the medical yes. system, there's not enough time and the appointment to really talk about some of these important things. I just like you, sometimes we'll see clients who've seen all of these professionals yet in my first conversation, they're learning that dairy is, you know, promoting their acne. That, that to me is um, surprising. Yeah, and I think, I mean, honestly, that's why I started my YouTube channel because I was so upset with what I was seeing. Is I started my YouTube channel because, you know, people were coming in with acne. They'd had it for, you know, ten years, and they'd been on every medication, and they had other issues now. And it, it was so maddening to me. I'm like, I have to talk about this. I mean, how can I educate the community, uh, you know, just that, that this is not right? Don't settle for that. 
And you do that so, so well. One of the last questions I want to ask you here is just, is there anything else you're seeing, you know, um, with, with acne clients? I know you see a very discerning clientele, people who probably have access to the best of the best, but is there anything that you're seeing lately that you would pinpoint to acne? I think, you know, there's a lot of great products out there on the market. I think there's a lot of great makeup products out there on the market, a lot of great sunscreens on the market um, as well. I think that, um, I think it's important. The big thing that I would say, and I'm actually speaking about this in Sacramento at the Face and Body show um, next month, is broken down skin barriers. I think that it's important to make sure that that people are aware that a broken down skin barrier does not support the healing of acne. You know, I I think that um, I think that people overdo. You know, they they overdo everything, right? And 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 knowing you know or recognizing where I am here in Los Angeles too. So when I say overdo, I really mean overdo everything. Um, wow. So I think that. Um, I think it's important to be constantly saying to people that get back to basics. If you have acne, you've got to have a healthy skin barrier for acne to heal properly. So I, I'm always taking people off their thousand products that they have on their, their bathroom counter and just give, start. let's start with our four basics again. We've got to have a healthy skin barrier to be able to support the process of healing acne because otherwise it's a catch-22. People are so quick to be doing strong peels and some that they buy on Amazon, which should not be sold on Amazon because the pHs are so strong. Um, they're, they're professional, you know, doctor's strength almost. Um, oh so I would say the big thing I see is get back to basics, you know, don't overdo it. Um, and um, and get rid of those magnified mirrors from your bathroom. Stop yes. picking, stop touching, get rid of that bloody magnified mirror, you know. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, if you look for something, you're going to find it, and I find those things are just like a portal into another world. You can really get lost and tear apart your skin. Yeah. Well, Nerida, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing your time with us so, so much. Please come back anytime you feel you have something you want to share with the audience. Where can we find you on social media or if somebody wanted to book a treatment with you? Um, my YouTube, ask uh, Nerida Joy. Um, Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn now. I'm doing some, um, some you know, more public speaking, keynote speaking. Um, I'm also doing more um, breakout rooms for women. You know, I, I really want to spousal programs. I want to, I'm touring more to do some more speaking. I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee in, in October as well, speaking there for a week um, at a conference. Um I, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, I mean, I, you know, my big ones are Instagram. I have a subscription on Instagram too that, you know, we, we go into more details, but YouTube, Instagram and LinkedIn, and I just started up on that one. So 
doing more. So thank you. And it's all us, Nera to Joy, NeraToJoy.com. I have a training, an online training platform, a big course that took me three years to build for estheticians. It's called the Five Star Method. So, yeah, so, yeah, I have all, all of those things. It's all important to me. I'm an educator. Love it. Yes. Uh, and don't forget your YouTube. I think your YouTube is really, really special, the way you walk us through skin analysis and, um, like I Thank said, you. really everything you do in the treatment room. I'll make sure yes. all of that is yes. linked in the show notes so you can find it. I just wanted everyone to hear because sometimes that's just nice. And maybe I'll see you in Sacramento, Nerida. I'm hoping to get a ticket, but I'd love to see you speak. Um, two, two events I'm speaking at. And yes, that'd be amazing. Tess. Thank you. would love to see you, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, yes. Thank you so, so much. It was great to see you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to all my audience, have a beautiful, you know, rest of the day and just strive to be your best every day. Just every day. Just go out there and be your best. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.